Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. I have numerous scriptures I want to launch from Revelations 3 and 10. But before I do, I want to, I want to set you up to where we are. For the last three Sundays, this is the fourth, I've been led of the Holy Spirit to speak to you about the coming of the Lord. And I know why. I know why simply because of hearing His prompting, nudging. When I pray about what to preach, I just don't open the Bible, let it fall wherever it wants to and go from there. Be like the guy who did that and said, Judas went and hung himself. Thought, well, that ain't what I want to do. Turned around and opened it again and it says, go thou and do likewise. And I know that wasn't me. The other guy said, well, I'll give it one more try. And it says, whatever thou doest, do it quickly. So I, I don't preach like that. I, I listen to the Lord. Two Sundays, three Sundays ago, I spoke to you on Israel and the coming of Jesus, the relevance of Israel and all that's going on with Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and all that stuff in Israel. I told you the greatest sign to look for at the coming of the Lord, you know that you know that you are at the last ticking of the clock for the coming of the Lord, His rapture. is not what's going on in Washington, D.C. or Paris, France, or London, England. It's what's going on in Israel. Then I told you last Sunday about the rapture of the church. And I I gave you an illustration. And I I choose several people from the congregation. And I told you that the first coming of Jesus took place 2,000 years ago when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. He lived for 33 and a half years. They killed him. He rose from the dead and appeared for another 40 days after that and went to be in heaven to prepare us a place. That, till now, has been called the age of the church. Let's just pretend that I'm drawing you an image. The way I stand is the age of the church. Where I left is when Jesus came. And it's been 2,000 years. Jesus said, go make disciples. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm not telling you when I'm coming back. You just be ready. Just be ready. The disciples thought they were, he's coming back in their lifetime, but no, he, just, he didn't. The apostles thought they were coming back in, in their, his lifetime, and they didn't. The first century church thought he was coming. Second century church... But it's been 2,000 years. He's just been pouring out grace, 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 saving everybody that wants to get saved. So we are, we are soon the age of the church is going to end. It's called the rapture. And then we're going to begin seven years. Not we. Folks who are left behind. Seven years known as the tribulation, the first three and a half, and the great tribulation, the next three and a half. So think with me. This is the rapture. That was the first coming. This is the rapture. And when after seven years is over, Jesus is coming with the armies of heaven and we coming with him to defeat the Antichrist at the battle of Armageddon. And then we're going to enter 1,000 years where the devil is bound and we reign with him a thousand years. Then, then Jesus is going to let the devil loose for a little, a little short more time. And sure enough, that time, he's going to have one angel throw him in the bottomless pit. And we are going to be with the Lord forever. So what I want to do is, is say to you that 
we, the, and I showed you last week, so buy the CD or the DVD, because I, whenever I go reviewing, I never get to where I need to be in the present sermon. There are no more signs that need to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church. There are numerous signs that need to be fulfilled for the second return of Jesus in the seven-year time. But we who are saved are not going to be here. Now, how do you know that, preacher? Put the Revelation chapter 3 and 10 on the screen. Because Jesus is speaking and John the Revelator is writing. And Jesus says, because you, you means everybody who's saved, have kept my, capital M, in the word my means Jesus. Because you have kept my command to persevere. I will also keep you from the hour of trial. That's the seven year tribulation. The hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, I need to tell you that this is not a pleasant subject. This subject of the tribulation, from which I I will give you my title now, the tribulation, all hell breaks loose, literally. And all these symbolisms that you find written in Daniel and Revelations are not symbolisms anymore about the trumpet judgments and the trumpet blowing and the bowl judgments and the trumpet judgments and the the, uh, vile judgments. There are three different types of judgments that will take place during the seven-year tribulation, and each of those three sections consists of seven, seven times the trumpet's going to sound, and a judgment's going to come on the earth like, the, like all hells broke loose. When the trumpet judgments are over, the bold, the, the bold, B-O-W-L, bold judgments, like God pouring out his wrath on the earth was seven of those, and each increasingly worse than the other. Violence, war, bloodshed, moon turning into blood, darkness, uh, locusts the size of horses on the earth, stinging men and women, biting them, and it's not biting them to kill them, but the pain's going to last for five months. And, and I'll get into that later on, but I'm, I'm telling you, you don't want to be here because all hell is going to break loose. Now, what, I, what I'm fixing to tell you is going, it's, it's, it's going to take faith in God for you to understand and appreciate. Because it's by faith He has fulfilled, and in reality, everything about His plan for man and our redemption ever since the beginning of time. All the prophecies about Jesus being born has been fulfilled and Jesus was born, grew up, ministered for three and a half years, but left the earth through his ascension after his crucifixion where he ministered on the earth full time for three and a half years. And he told uh, the guys who were with him as he ascended to heaven, I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself to where I am there you may be also. And so he's up there preparing us a place and he's asking us to be a prepared person so we can go to a prepared place. I wish somebody would say amen. 
All the prophecy about His coming, His death, His burial, His resurrection has already taken place. All the prophecies about the rapture and what should take place before the rapture. There has been wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and, and Ebola and, and, and wars right now going on in Israel and Hamas and in the Ukraine and going on in, in, the, in, in Africa and, and, and potential war going on. Not potential war, real war going on with ISIS and, and what's taking place in Iraq. There is not another thing left for the rapture to take place. So it's going to take some faith, kind of like a, a, on a little lighter side. Maybe you heard the story about the man who was walking along the, top, along the top of a mountain one day and he fell off accidentally. And as he began to plunge over the side of the mountain, he reached out and took hold of a tree branch which was growing off the side of the cliff. Hanging there between heaven and earth, he looked down and he saw there were hundreds of feet down to the bottom of the canyon. Canyon, sure enough, if he turned loose, he's going to be a dead man. So he looked up and he cried out loud, "Is anybody up there?" Then a voice came back and said, "Yes." And as the man was losing his grip, hanging on, he said, "Will you help me?" And the voice said, "Yes, I will help you." The man said, "Who are you?" The voice replied, it is the Lord. And the man said, I'm losing my grip. Please help me. And the voice said, turn loose. And the man said, is anybody else up there? <laughs> Hard to turn loose sometimes when you got your foot on the ground. When you got your, you're living a good life, you think, and... Now we're going to talk about a tribulation. This that I'm about to tell you will be headline news the day it happens. The day Jesus comes in the clouds. And, and I don't want to go back into all this. Second Thessalonians 4, the Bible says, the sound of the trumpet. And Christ is going to come in the air. And those who've died waiting for the rapture all the way back. Since Calvary and even before the prophets. Waiting. They're going to rise up so fast in the moment of twinkling of an eye. Their, their, their remains are going to be transformed and their soul is going to meet a brand new, immortal, incorruptible body knitted in the air. While all that's going on, you and I, if it happened on September 7, 2014, right now, you and I are going to be caught. Everybody saved. are going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the rapture. It comes from the Latin word raptu, and it comes from the Hebrew, the Greek word hapazo. It means to be caught up. And you're going to know you're going because gravity won't hold you anymore. I don't care if you buckle in a car seat, you're going. <laughs> I don't care if your seat belt is on the airplane. If you stay, if you're leaving that plane and going up a little high. <laughs> Matter of fact, maybe it'll happen to me. I, I, I'll be, Valerie and I leaving early in the morning to go to Trinidad. And, uh, you know, that's crazy people flying these days. Crazy people flying. This week, a guy was on the plane, and you, you, you saw it, you know, where he, he put a little bit of a, a little device on the, on the tray uh, that he was riding on, or maybe he had his laptop, and it caused the passenger in front of him to be unable to recline. And she got mad. And she had a cup of water and threw it in his face. 
Y'all saw it? And they had to land the plane and abort the flight. Well, I sure enough hope that crazy woman ain't on my plane. Because the spirit of slap going to come all over me. I'm headed to Trinidad. I'm going I'm to I'm say I'm not annoyed anymore. Sit your little you-know-what down because this plane is not stopping. That felt better. I feel better already. I don't care if you're seat belted air, wherever you are, when gravity loses its hold on, it's hold on you. You don't have to wonder, am I going to be one of them gone? If you're born again by the blood of the Lamb, there is no NBC, ABC, CNN camera that's going to capture that. It's going to be so fast. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we are out of here. Somebody say amen if you agree. Now, the, the, the rapture took place, and this is this suave, debonair, charming, personable, articulate man is going to come on the scene. And give it a few months, he's going to explain away what the rapture meant. Millions! The headline news, the day the rapture takes place, the next morning news will be millions, millions, millions missing. Graves are empty. Tombs are empty. Houses are empty. Cars are wrecked on the highway because drivers were saved and, and, and they got raptured. Planes crashed because pilots were saved and the plane lost its pilot and therefore it crashed. Trains and engineers are a wreck all over the world because the engineer was born again and he left the controls and moved on. I'm here to tell you, you do not want to be left behind. Now, now, where do we get this idea about the tribulation? Because, let me tell you this, the world has been bad up to now. But when God's had enough of this sin and lust and murder and selfishness and rape and pornography and greed and violence and, and unforgiveness and bitterness. When God, God did not excuse the people of Noah's day and don't you think you and I are going to get a free ticket. God did not excuse Sodom and Gomorrah and don't you think because we are America and a modern world that God's going to give us a free pass. If God judged Noah, if God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, you look out America and you look out world, there is coming a payday one day. When God has enough, you think we've gone through hell on earth. You had not seen nothing yet. It's been prophesied. Look at what Isaiah says about the tribulation. Isaiah chapter 13. And the, the address is written for you at the bottom of the screen. Wail for the day of the Lord is at hand. That means the, the rapture. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. That means a tribulation. All hands will be limp. Every man's heart will melt for the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light. This is the tribulation. The sun will be darkened in its going forth and the moon will not cause its light to shine. The indignation of the Lord is against all nations. Their slain shall be thrown out. Their stench will smell so bad that they shall rise. A stench shall rise from their corpses and the mountains shall melt with their blood. There is going to be such devastation, natural disasters, military disasters, earthquakes, violence, pestilences. Look, look at what Jesus said about the, the coming tribulation in his words of prophecy in Matthew 24. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 21, For then there will be great tribulation. 
such as has not been since the beginning of the world until now, this time, no, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. You think that this world is bad now. The only reason this world's not worse is because the Holy Spirit is still restraining sin through a praying church. The lawless one, known as the Antichrist, and I talk, I'll talk about him in this series. The lawless one, the violence and murder and killing and assault and beheading and all manner of wicked things done to children and the elderly and, and people. I mean, you don't even know the personality that you're with when you, until you get out someplace and find out somebody went and shoot up a school where, where, where somebody you know attended. Somebody you thought was pleasant and personable and nice goes into a theater and guns down. Goes into a church. We're living in a crazy kind of world. And, I, and I'm here to tell you that, that we, it would be worse. And God's going to say, enough is enough. Now, let me show you what Paul says about the tribulation and, and the fact that it's coming. And Paul writes about it in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 and 3. The day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. This is, this is Paul saying. And, and we hear, if you will, illuminate the floor. Paul says, when the world tells you and the government tells you and NATO tells you and the United Nations tells you everything is peace and safety, be very careful. Because they don't know what they're talking about. There may be temporary peace, but your peace is not going to come from Washington, D.C. And your peace is not going to come from NATO. And it's not going to come from the United Nations building. And I'm not against peace, but I'm here to tell you there's only one who can give you the kind of peace that you and I need. And he's called the Prince of Peace. Just when you think I'm safe, I'm comfortable, I'm fine in this U.S. survey, then sudden destruction comes upon you as, as, as women experience to carry their baby. For eight months, and they know the time is arriving. Eight and a half months, and, and then eventually the contractions as they approach the ninth month or a year about. <laughs> and that's why I'm glad I'm a he and not a she. Because I'm allergic to pain, any kind of pain. Is that right, Ma? Yes. I, I, you know, I, I got to tell on myself. Uh, I went to Lamar's class. Anybody know what that is? Back in the day, uh, when they trained the husband to go with the wife to, the, to labor. And we took the pillow and the baby doll and all that stuff, you know. I figured if she can carry what would be Jennifer, our first and, uh, child, for nine months, I sure enough can hang in that labor room and deliver and say, breathe, 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 what up? <laughs> the labor pain started about 8.30 on a Sunday night. I, I, I was the assistant pastor of the Conley Church of God. And Valerie's always telling me how to drive. Bless her heart. She's a wonderful woman. Uh, and watch the light. Watch the car. Watch the... She's old. Before GPS came around, there was Valerie. Y'all are laughing because y'all got you one of them Valerie's in your car. All you guys kind of acting like, you know, we know. And I didn't like it when she was talking. Now that old girl in, in the car on the GPS is telling me what to do. I thought maybe, well, I get this GPS and, you know, they'll guide me. That gal in that car, she's always going, rerouting, 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 rerouting. Because I want to go where I want to go. 
man, we took off in that Toyota Corolla. And Valerie didn't care nothing. Them pains hit her. She didn't care nothing about no red lights. She said, go on through. Man, I floored that car. We went from 35 to 40 in less than 20 seconds. I got there and they took her because the baby was positioned in a way that she could not give natural birth. And so both of our daughters were born C-section. But I went in there with her, Trey. And I stood, man, in that room. And they took IVs and all that stuff, started poking her. And I turned as green as this prayer band. By the way, get you four or five of these before you leave, okay? I turned this green, and, and all the attention came off of Valerie, and it came on me, and the only thing I was going to pass was throw up. I went and hugged that commode, and, they, and, and I said, send your mama in here, send your mama. I already, I, my girls, they, both of them have had children. You know, I ain't into, I am of the old school. The man's place is to stay outside, Okay? The girls, the girls, I said, honey, your mama's going to be there. I'll be outside. I don't want to see none of that stuff. I don't want to hear none of that stuff. Just have the baby. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know. The God, it was a curse that fell on men and women. And one of the curses, God literally said that the women would have pain in childbirth. And that man would have to work by the sweat of his brow. And there's coming, there's coming a day, and if you're not ready, we're out of here. Sudden destruction's going to come. Let, let me show you something else, please. The next verse. I want to tell you what, what the Word of God says about the tribulation. This is what John the Revelator, the man on the island of Patmos, who was left there to die for his faith, and God gave him revelation until we have the book of Revelations. This is what he saw, what was coming on the world, what would be known as a tribulation. I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell on the earth as a fig tree drops in its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, look at this, the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him, capital H, from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? During those seven years, especially the last half of the seven years, known as the great tribulation, the first half of the seven years is known as the tribulation, the last half is the great tribulation, there's going to be such judgment Upon the earth, such wrath of God on the earth until people will beg to die. They will run and, and get in a cave or they'll, they'll run to the mountains and they'll say, let a boulder fall on me. I, I don't care what their category socioeconomic is, what degree they have, how rich, how poor, who they know or don't know. Every man or woman will be for their own selves that day. And I, I, I need to have you understand as I need to move with haste and tell you that God has given us ver- various pictures to describe what that day is going to be like. There's, he's given us 12 phrases, and I'm not going to preach on them, I'm just going to give them to you. Pictures of what the tribulation is going to be called. It's going to be called, number one, the day of the Lord. 
Number two, it's going to be called the day of the God's vengeance on the earth. And I have references for all of them, and I can give it to you later if you prefer. Then number three, this, this, this time of tribulation is going to be called the time of Jacob's trouble. That will be Jeremiah 30 and 7. And if you want to know, it, it's also number four going to be called the 70th, the 70th week. That will be Daniel chapter 9. It's going to be called, number five, the end of time. Daniel 12 and 9. It's also going to be called the great day of His, capital H, His wrath. Another, another reference to this time of tribulation will be called, number 7, the hour of His judgment. Revelations 14 and 7. Number 8, it will be called the end of this world. Matthew 13 and 40. It's also going to be called the indignation. Isaiah 26 and 20. Number 10, it's going to be called the wing of abominations, Daniel 9 and 27. Number 11, it's going to be called the time of trouble, Daniel 12 and 5. Number 12, it's going to be called the tribulation, Matthew 24 and 21. I I don't know how else God can present it to tell you you don't want to be here. Now, you have questions and I have questions. And so one of the questions may perhaps be, why will wrath be poured out on the earth, Pastor? What's the purpose? And I'll give you, with haste, six purposes, very quickly. You see, God is a God of order and purpose. You, might, you need to write that down. He, does, he ain't a happenstance, anything goes. He's a God of order and purpose. You need to write this down. God is a God of detail and design. And when we read the Bible, we discover that God has a purpose for everything, and He also has a purpose for the tribulation. God being a God of order and purpose, detail and design, made Lucifer mad. Lucifer, when the world was in existence before you and I knew anything about the world, and before the world was even in existence, God, God always has been, always is, and always will be. Can I get an amen? Lucifer was created as one of the highest ranking angels of God. Maybe several notches down from the level of God, but he was a commander of angels. He was a leader of angels. One day, because he had a free will, like you and I, he he took upon himself, you know, I I, I think I can do his job, meaning God. I think I'll be not alongside him or below him, but I think I'll be him. And see, that's when we run into problems. God has an order and system and a hierarchy. It's, it's God who is in charge. And in the marriage, the husband should be the man of God, and he should submit to God. And when he submits to God, like it should be in the Bible, then the wife is glad to submit to the husband because he's submitting to God. And when the wife submits to the husband, then the children submit to the parents because God has a way of doing things. But when we break up that system and we won't do it our way, is when we get into trouble. So the devil decided, I'm going to be God. And God decided, no, there's only one God, and I'm God. So therefore he was cast out of heaven, and one-third of the angels of heaven were cast out. They decided to follow the devil, and that's a result of why we have sin in this world and the curse of sin, because the devil appeared in the Garden of Eden in the form of a serpent and enticed Eve to sin, who enticed Adam. And here we are in this mess called the world. No, no number one, the purpose of the tribulation. Is because of the sovereignty of God. It's impossible to read the book of Revelation without seeing God's sovereign hand guiding the events as they unfold. 
When you read the book of Generation, uh, uh, Revelation, you think, what does these trumpets blowing mean? What, are, what does these uh, uh, vials mean? What does the beast mean? What, what, what does the, what, what, what is the, uh, the, the, and all kinds of, of names used there, uh, because John was writing to an audience that understood some of that stuff, but he himself didn't realize how relevant it would be for us today. God didn't just write Revelation so we could have another book and say we have 66 books in the Bible and now it's finished. Every word God has written has a purpose. And and the sovereignty of God says the tribulation is God saying by His sovereignty, I'm God and you're not. I reign and you don't. Ah, no, no, you didn't hear me. Yeah. You know, it's the same people. I pray for them to get a job. And they say, when I get a job, I'm going to tithe and give God and bless Him because I've been, next thing you know, they, they rob God. They go and get in debt worse. They, they, they buy a boat, so they got to be on the lake on Sunday. I'm going to preach anyhow. <laughs> you know, I could be raptured today, so I'll have done my job. And I hope you'll join me. But if I, you know, the same people we, that we pray that they would have a baby because they couldn't have a baby. So when we get this baby, we're going to dedicate this baby to God. Got the baby and, and came and dedicated the Lord and hadn't seen him since. Same people who want to join this church. Oh, I just want to join this church. And I've had people through the years. That's why I only take in members about four times during the year. Because all the other folks just get raptured right away, you know. Some, some of the members I get, I, I, I bring in, I, they are gone. They're gone. And I'm still here having to hang out with you. Some people out there, they're playing God. They're playing with fire. They're sinning. They're having sex out of marriage or sex with somebody who is in marriage. And, and they, they have, they're, they're living lesbian lifestyle, a homosexual lifestyle. And they're cussing and they're lying and they're gambling and they're cheating. And they're, they're, they're doing all kind of junk and they think God, uh, they and God got something worked out. No, you ain't got no, you are no exception to God. He that sinneth shall die. And if you're no good and you don't do it, you're sinning. And unless you repent, you're going to miss heaven. I don't care what your name is. I don't care if you're Baptist, Lutheran, Catholic, Church of God. I don't care who told you once you're saved, you're always saved. You've got a free will. You could lose your salvation just like you got it. And if you don't like that, tough. Because you will like it worse when you're left behind because some preacher, somebody told you that you can do what you want to, now you're saved. <laughs> I believe in grace. I believe in grace. But God's going to draw the line. See, I, I didn't come here with no smoke screen. Hell is real. And you know, I, I hear people, they're so, they're so unlearned. I was going to use another word, and it was going to be in the Greek. And I hear people say, down in hell, I'm going to be there with my buddy. We're going to be sipping beer, playing cards, playing volleyball, and, and we're going to party all night. What you reading? What Bible you reading? What you smoking? Huh? You are an idiot if you think that's what hell's going to be. You don't even want to get near hell. The Bible says in hell there's going to be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Bible says hell says the worms are going to be in your body and they're going to be sores. The, the, the pain and the burning, you will never be incinerated and completely burned up like a body is cremated when it dies. You will never, for eternity, you will, if you are not born again and given your heart to Jesus Christ, you are going by your own choice. Don't give me this. Okay, I almost said it. C-R-A-P. 
Uh, don't, don't give me that stuff about. Oh, Lord. Would it just loving God send anybody to hell? No, he wouldn't. You make your own choice. A just loving God gives you a choice. And you in America and me in America are the most preached to people in the world. We got CDs and DVDs and we got a church on every corner in some cities. And we got, we got televangelists and we got all kinds of books and Bibles and, and how-to and devotionals. And we've been preached to all the time. And if you're up laying in your bed and I'm preaching here, you belong to this church, I'm coming on you like white on rice. I heard lately that some of our folks are laying out of church because we now live streaming. Live my foot. I'm coming to get you and your time. I'm going to cut off that live streaming junk if people are staying home. I didn't, I didn't do this for you. I did this for the unsaved. Yeah, I, I feel the spirit of slap all over me. You better tell them. You, you, better, you tell them, sure enough, I'll be in their face because, you see, I didn't come here to pamper you and stroke you and talk about how nice you are. I'm trying to save my own self. That's why I don't cuss when I preach. Sorry. I'm going to go back to my notes. I, just in case I don't cuss any other time, okay? Thank you. She said, clear it up. Thank you, honey. I told you she my GPS. I got lost in my sermon. Another reason why the tribulation is going to take place. You laugh now, but you won't be laughing then. Utility. Tribulation comes from the Latin word tribulum, T R I B U L U M. Tribulum, which was a farming tool used to separate the husk from the corn. God will use the tribulation like a farming tool, a utility tool, to separate the evil of the earth from the good of the earth. And then he will judge. The evil and wrath. You hear me? There are people who have died and committed a crime and nobody knew it. But somebody else suffered as a victim and God's going to separate and fix that. There are people, there are people who are alive now who committed crimes and murders and all manner of evil. And they are among us in the world because they haven't been caught up with yet. They've they found some fancy, some uh, some some kind of some uh, attorney that was slick. And I'm not saying that an attorneys are all bad. I'm not saying they're all good. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, I'm just saying that there are people who are who have done evil, and God's going to show up, and He's going to separate the goat from the sheep. Okay. There are people who are in jail now who did not commit that crime, but it got thrown on them. God's going to make it right. Okay, he's going to use the tribulation to make it right. Let me show you. Fidelity means the purpose of, of the tribulation. The word fidelity has to do with God is faithful. Did God make a covenant with David and God said out of your lineage and your family and your genealogy will come the Messiah? Did God do that? And was Jesus not born out of the house of David and the tribe of Judah? Can I get an amen? 
Because God is faithful to His Word. Did God make a covenant with Abraham and say, as numerous as the stars are in the heavens and the sand of the sea, so is going to be the number unable to count of the nation that I'm going to make of you, and it's now the nation of Israel? Did God keep His covenant? Can I get an amen? And I'm simply saying, did God fulfill His Word when He said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ? Did Christ not come? Can I get an amen? And I'm telling you that God, during the tribulation, will purge out the rebellious people of the world and rebellious Israel because Israel has refused to accept Christ as the Messiah and they will accept the Antichrist for the first three and a half years. And then God's going to show them where they missed it. That's why we need to pray for Israel. Because for the first three and a half years, the, the, Messiah, the, the Antichrist, and the reason why they call him Antichrist, because he's going to be completely Antichrist, but when you first start out, you won't know it. There's an Antichrist spirit going on in America and the world right now. And we know it. Because what I'm preaching right here is soon going to be identified as hate crime. When I call sin, sin. Okay? And so, so there's, a, there's a spirit of pro-Islam and pro all the other kinds of uh, religions out there. But we Christians are the one that taking the brunt. There's a spirit of anti-Christ. Okay? And so this anti-Christ is going to come on the scene after the rapture in the first three and a half years and make a peace treaty with Israel and Hamas and Hezbollah and, 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 and the, the temple is going to be rebuilt and, and, and the Muslims are going to have their place. And, and in the middle of the tribulation, the, the anti-Christ, whoever he is, is going to turn on the Jews and they're going to realize that he has desecrated their holy place. He's done the abominable act and has come against their, their, their kosher diet and their Jewish and Judaism worship. And he, they're, going to re, they're going to run for their lives. He's going to be, you think Hitler was bad on the Jews? Wait till the Antichrist comes on the scene. 144,000 of them is going to, are going to be preserved. 12,000 out of all the 12 tribes of Israel. And God's going to hide them where they cannot be found. The rest is going to have to fare for themselves. That, that's God's word. And, and what's, what's going to happen here is God is going to begin to judge Israel, but he's also going to begin to judge the nations of the world for how they treated Israel. Look, look at the fourth reason, if you will, the purposes of the tribulation. And, I, and I'm hurrying Finality. Finality. For thousands of years, a planet and its people have been under a curse of sin. That's called planet Earth. For thousands, I don't know how old the Earth is. I just know from the day Adam and Eve sinned, we've been under a curse. But all sin has an appointment with God's judgment. Did you hear what I said? You may have hid it from your mama or your daddy or your coach, or the police officer, or you may have hid it from the Supreme Court, or hid it from your wife, or your, or your son, or your daughter, or, your, or whatever it is, but all sin. Now see, all of our sins who have been born again ain't coming up to us again anymore. Can I get an amen here? I, I'm telling you, once we're in glory, once we're saved, we ain't, ain't going to be judged for our sins, or we wouldn't be in heaven, because there ain't going to be no sin in heaven. If you're born again, you're out of here. But when you go through the tribulation, you just know that before you stand before the judgment seat of God, some of that judgment is going to be poured out you, and it's going to be hell turned loose. Because God has an appointment with every sinner. He won't need no DVD player. He won't need no MacBook to bring up your sins. God will bring you and your sin to face each other. 
And you don't want to be here. I promise you, you don't want to be here. I don't mind you not liking me right now or this message if it'll scare the hell out of you. I woke up with 500 of you just then. Number five, eternity. Come to the music. Eternity is another reason why the tribulation. I don't have to, I'll give you the details of the tribulation at the next sermon. Earth and her people will walk through the doors of tribulation to enter eternity. The nations in Psalms 9 and 17, the nations that forget God would be turned into hell. Do you know that someone told me this morning there's already a ten-nation confederacy formed by NATO to go after ISIS? But there's already the Euro and the European Union. The center of power is not going to be the United States. But every nation that sinned, including and especially America. Psalm says it in Psalm 917. The nation that forget God will be turned into hell. You don't want to be here. And here's a final thought. The reality. The reality means that Satan has long been obsessed with ruling the earth. During the tribulation, God will let him. Right now, God holds him back. The Holy Ghost holds him back. Can, can, can I get an Amen. But, but when the tribulation begins, reality will set in. And everything Satan rules, he either ruins, kills, demolishes. Because Satan is powerful. Everything Satan touches dies. Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know what? So sovereignty, utility, fidelity... Finality, eternity, and reality spells. Put it on the screen. That's, that's, just, that's just a mild definition of what hell on earth is going to be. And I stand here to you this morning passionate as if this was my last sermon I would ever preach telling you you don't want to be here after the rapture. You know what the Bible tells me? I go right back to my text in Revelations 3 and 10. Because you have kept my command and persevered, Alan Matura. I know your name, Sammy Bird, Wayne Banks, John Barrow. Because you have kept my command. I know sometimes it's hard. You don't feel like going to church. You don't feel like singing in the choir. You don't feel like giving your tithes and offerings. You don't feel like uh, volunteering for the nursery or the parking lot or, or, or something. You, you just, you, you're just tired. And, and you don't feel no spirit and you don't feel no raising your hands. And you persevere. You sing anyhow. You tithe anyhow. You come anyhow. You, you just you do. Because you persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial that come upon the whole earth to test the word. Soon and very soon, you are the generation. I, I tell you, you are the generation that will see the coming of the Lord. Bow your heads. Mm. 
Here, my little ones, says the Holy Spirit, the hour is late. The day has been spent. Night is at hand. It is out of my love for you, says the Lord, that I have tarried for your decision. Come now, saith the Lord. For today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time, saith the Lord. I remind you, the Lord says through the gift of tongues and interpretation, I remind you that you do not know what tomorrow holds. Nor do you know the number of your days. But know this. My son is coming back soon. And he's coming for those who have their lamps and their oil, their lamps trimmed and burning, their light shining. He's coming for those who have been cleansed by the blood of the forgiveness of Christ, the blood of the Lamb. He's coming, saith the Spirit, soon for a prepared bride, a pure bride. I have created you, says the Lord, for my glory. I have not created you for hell, but you have a choice. And today, you must decide. Choose now, says the Lord. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. That's the invitation. That's it. So if that was you, he was talking to. And you know if you die today, head bowed and eyes closed. Or the rapture takes place today. That you're not ready. And you say, Pastor Mature, I'm not going to risk the world's interpretation of the Bible. I'm not going to risk my eternal soul on a friendship. Somebody lost. Who dragged me the wrong way. Or on a habit that's killing me. On attitude, I need Christ. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Hold them up a moment. Hold them up. I see numbers of hands. You got five more seconds. Keep them up. Keep them up. And after that, I'm, I'm not inviting anymore. Put them down. Thank you. Many of you. Everybody repeat this prayer after me. Everybody out loud, even those who did not raise your hand. Lord Jesus, thank you for one more chance. And today, I refuse to ignore your invitation because I realize it could be my final time to choose. I choose you, Lord, not because I want to shun hell alone, but I resign as being my own God. I realize I cannot save myself. Neither can anyone else save me. I accept your gift of the shedding of your blood so I don't have to shed mine for my sins. Make me a new creation. Come into my life and make old things pass away and all things new. I confess that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Come on, give him a hand clap. Stand up and give him a hand clap. Stand up and give him a hand clap. Go ahead, sing for me, brother. Come on. Come on. Keep clapping for about ten seconds. Act like you're ready to go. Act like you're glad. Come on. Come on. I want to sing a little bit. Happy song. Yes. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.